0: All right hello welcome back uh, this is another episode of shutter count this time you are listening to episode number eight and in this episode we're going to talk about weddings so we know that the wedding is usually that big major day for everyone and that includes a photographer uh, before we get into it uh, we have samantha of course and Stephen here um samantha where can our guests find you
1: hey everyone uh you can find me on instagram at uh, ct underscore photographer and you can also find me on facebook under samantha annette photography
0: and what about you steve
2: yeah you can find me at um, captured by steven underscore photography on instagram and then on facebook captured by steven uh, photography and then you could go to my website uh, captured by
0: okay and as for me i'm um, able to be found at on instagram at team hall photo and my website is also teamhallphoto.com so for this one uh weddings uh Stephen, I, I think um samantha and i of course we were saying that uh, you know Stephen, maybe you don't feel like you are the wedding professional but i i feel like you are and i think uh, samantha <laughs> samantha agrees at least amongst the, uh, the three of us here so uh we're, we're really looking forward to um uh, how this discussion is going to go because there's just a lot to keep in mind right i mean it's like a really busy day isn't it
2: yeah it is a busy day i mean weddings are not easy uh a lot of photographers shy away from it i don't do too much i do two a year and it's it's because it's wedding it's a lot of hard work
0: okay well i think that you know when you're thinking about the wedding um we know that there's things that you're going to do before the wedding uh, of course you're going to uh you're going to have to interface, you're going to have to have that conversation with your bride and groom And so, you know, everyone can get a good expectation of what's going to happen on that day And I think uh, for this podcast, as we talk about it um, We are going to start, about, uh, start, start talking about things that are supposed to happen before the actual wedding happens um, As far as what to do as you're leading up to that wedding day The wedding day itself, and then looking at some things afterwards And, and then we also want to think about um, what things should we be thinking about as we were there on that day. So let's, let's start with that consultation. Uh, someone reaches out to you, uh, they want to hire you for this wedding. Or what, what sort of things are you going to be talking to them about?
2: I mean, the first thing you want to do is, um, it's, it's important to, of course, set up a location, um, a, a place to meet. And then, um, once you, you, you set up a place to meet, uh, one of the things I try to do is, uh, when people request or they want to book you for a wedding, they want to see sample work. So if you have an album, I, I say, you know, try and get an album for yourself, a wedding album for yourself, bring it, bring that along with you. If you don't have one and you have a, a wedding portfolio online, you can send that to them and they can also take a look at it. That, 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 also works. The advantage of bringing a wedding album is there's something about holding prints in your hand. It It's very, um, uh, it, it can, it can actually, um, be more convincing. Versus looking at it on on the screen, so when you bring your your album with you, um, it, they they have more precision for your work, and most likely they will book you. So uh, you want to bring that with you, and then also paperwork. Um, if 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 it's the first, you know, yeah, you could you, you definitely can bring them your paperwork, and then that that includes contracts, and what what they should expect from the photo shoot for the wedding, and bring that to them and then sometimes too you can bring little things like gifts and stuff like that to as souvenirs that they can use um, it's it's very important to that during the what during uh, the consultation you talk about what they you expect what time should you get there uh, what hotels are they gonna be and to, to to dress uh, you know dress up for the wedding um, and it's, it's important to let them set up set up reasonable expectation of, about how long you're gonna shoot the wedding some expect you to be there all day and, and and that that's what makes wedding very difficult you 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 on your feet from morning till evening uh but also you need to set a reasonable expectation uh because you know you you're not you're not working for free you're not there just to take photos all day you have to set a, a certain amount of time unless they're paying you all day uh so let you have to let them know about that uh, um how long it will take you to um take you know um the photos. It's also important too to understand the human side of, uh, the human side of things. Uh, how did they meet? You know, find out from them. How did they meet? How, how did they fell in love? Um, and that can, that that helps you to be able to be creative with your shots and 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 document the wedding day really well. Um, so um, and and then uh, also uh, you want to find out from them if there are other important shots that you don't want to miss i mean important like because this is a one-time event you can never rewind it back so what are the most important shots and another thing i try to always do is also um find out from them if they can get me somebody like a go-to person during the wedding day uh, because sometimes there's so much happening and you need to sometimes you need uh, somebody who can you can talk to to get certain things you know for example um when it comes to shooting groups, you know, sometimes you, you're not sure which family member is related to who. So when you get that one person, it's like a key man, somebody you can go to. They can help you to be able to figure out this person and that person. I mean, or people who are very important, so that we can they can have the shot with the bride and groom.
0: Is that is that um, person ever the wedding planner? Just curious.
2: If they have a wedding planner, perfect. I mean, the wedding planner even makes it easier. Um, most of the time, I've done it. They don't have a wedding planner, so I always try to get a key man, or um, you know, somebody that they trust, uh, or a woman, a woman, <laughs> yeah, a woman, a woman, yes, yes, or
1: or woman, key man or woman,
2: or key, key woman. <laughs> I haven't left Very the true. woman out, so
0: because <laughs> it's not it's not his day; it's her day, right?
2: <laughs> exactly, yes, yes No, I'm
1: just saying You can have a key man But it could also be a key woman I'm just saying It could be either You
2: are absolutely right, Samantha
1: <laughs> so, Gotta keep these guys in check. Under, you know This is why they have a woman on the show That's right Yeah, yeah that's the
2: balance right. Yeah, you gotta balance it out
0: Stephen, <laughs> you said something that I think is um, I think should be um, expected And should be, you know A, a, a practice that you always do But you mentioned uh coming up with a place to meet to uh, sit down and talk to them so to me that is um having that face-to-face consultation because i think uh some people listening might just think that oh it's okay to just pick up a phone and and call them and speak to them and that should be enough as long as i give them a message over the phone and we have modern technology why not use it i mean what's what's your opinion on that
2: those you can get away when you have to do you know portrait sessions and um you know, engagement sessions, you know, meet, um, you know, very small photo sh- photo shoots. But wedding day is a big day. I mean, it's a lifetime, lifetime uh, moment that you really want to capture. You want to do it well. You you can't go back. Uh, you know, photo sessions you can always schedule a reshoot if something should happen, but not 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 on a wedding day. So it's important you meet in person. Uh, and it's, I like to you know some choose a, a place that is more relaxing. It could be a coffee shop. It could be. You know, and and if place that they they, they want to be, at. I mean, not not an expensive place, but something where they are more relaxed, um, and and that way you can meet face to face, and you can really, you know, bring out. I mean, and and sometimes just looking at their facial expression, you can you can see what they are expecting from you. So it's important you meet, and that way you can you can clear everything out. Because sometimes when you do emails and text messaging and social media. You lose some, there's some translation that's lost, you know, so it's important that you you meet face to face and get everything written out and you know, have a. there's no misunderstanding
0: Yeah, I understand that I, just, I think uh, Samantha, you probably have like that same opinion, right? I think I remember you saying something on a previous episode like how you always try to sit down with your clients in, in person
1: Yeah, definitely, I do try to do in-person consultations when they will let me I mean, it's a little different for portraits because uh, the the level of importance isn't maybe not th- there, um, so sometimes they don't see why it's necessary. But uh, I do always try and convince them that a sit down is uh, helpful, and it also if there's if there's you know in a wedding it's not the same, but like in a portrait, there's sometimes there's kids and you want to get to know the kids. But even just learning their personalities, I mean, just like Steven said, you know, you may have a bride or a groom that's maybe you have a groom that's super super shy when he doesn't know people but maybe once you go and meet him and you guys become buddies then he's completely comfortable when you start asking him to pose for a couple stuff i mean you just don't know what you're going to uncover when you're in person
0: yeah yeah that's true and um i i know for like myself um I, I only had like maybe um i've only shot maybe a handful of weddings and i know um with the portrait sessions as well i've had a few opportunities to meet with um the clients uh, in advance in person and it it all it always goes better it always goes better because then they get a chance to know you and um it's not as jarring right on that that big day that they're now seeing you for the first time i I think that's like a really jarring experience but you know you guys have some familiarity before i think it makes everything go smoother steven were you about to say something
2: yeah i was going to say and also um when you uh, meet with them too it's i I like to break down how things are going to go so for me I like to break my wedding into four se- four sessions um, sections actually um, first one is getting ready you know so I tell them you know this is the part I'll come in whether it's at, at the hotel or at the home getting ready for the wedding you know putting on makeup you know dressing up um, so that that I'll cover that part and then uh, do we have the ceremony and, you know then we cover the ceremony and then you have the uh, reception and then after the reception, um, I like to always pull the bride and groom separately. You know when maybe the the, the guest is maybe dancing or they are eating. They uh, I like to pull the the bride and groom aside just for a couple of minutes and do a a mini photo shoot just them alone. Or
1: you do that at the end of the reception?
2: I actually do that uh, during the reception, especially oh, during when, yeah, especially during, during when when they are. Uh, um, I do a little bit of it at the ceremony, of course. You have to do a little bit of it, but uh, during the... Because they want to also get pictures at the reception, so I pull them away when the bride... Maybe the the, the guests, is that, you know, they are dancing and they are busy, you know, they are distracted by the food. <laughs> so I pull them aside just for a couple of minutes and then I get that sh- photo shoot with them where there's nobody interrupting. There, there aren't any paparazzi, uh, people with their iPhones and or cell phones <laughs> to, you know... Get in the way, so I have that moment with them, and we take some uh, intimate photos, so so that you know. Most of the time, those those are important photos that get to go on the walls. So uh, I I explain that to them. So it basically becomes like a four session, a four section, um, and that's how I break it down. So at least they know what to expect uh, during the photo session uh, okay. during the wedding.
0: <laughs> okay, and you know, you also said something that I thought was um, really really nice um i just came from so i just came from uh chicago right for this um out of chicago session a really cool conference and scott kelby was there and he was talking about how um people don't print anymore and i think of course that's not true of weddings i think people are still uh we haven't lost the print from the wedding day but you mentioned that when you're talking to them you bring something with you maybe a book maybe some photos um some portraits from uh, your past um weddings. And showing them what they can possibly expect of their own. Uh, And I I really think that's a good thing to do. Um, Again, I've never done that for wedding day because I haven't shot that many weddings to be able to do that. But I know I've done that uh, when it comes to a portrait session where I put a book in someone's hands. And as we're talking about what that day is going to be like, um, they're flipping through the pages. And they're touching that photo. And uh, what Scott Kelby mentioned about actually touching a photo is that there's a uh, there's more of an emotional, um, th- 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 there are more emotions involved, you know, because you're getting more feelings, uh, more senses That's involved, so true. right? And,
1: so so yeah, true. Yeah,
0: and it's making them even think more so about like, oh, you know, maybe this is a type of product that that I would like, you know, for myself, and you know, it's getting them really excited about looking forward to getting their own images. And that
2: is very true, uh, Sean. When you print your own photos, there's there's nothing like. I mean, we've all printed our work. When you hold that photo in your hand. You you really appreciate the work that you put into that photo, and it's the same thing with the the bride and groom when they hold that album and they are flipping through and you know it it, it just there's a human aspect to it there's that connection just from holding that album you know touching it and also uh, one thing that you have to keep we have to keep in mind is one of the questions they're gonna ask you is what's your price. What is your, they, you know, they, they are so focused because, you know, wedding is, is, is not cheap. It's expensive. So they are very (laughs) focused on the price. What's they want to know. They want to get the best deal, but when you have an album printed and you are telling them, this is the reason why I'm charging you this X amount and they hold that album in their hand. And this is something that they can have for their own wedding. They have more appreciation. Price doesn't become too much of an issue. So it's important to, take the time and go through your portfolio and just create a nice, beautiful, uh, um, photo book or album that you can show to them. And, 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 and that will really help convince them, um, how valuable you are um, as a photographer.
0: Yeah. That's, that sounds like a, uh, that's a true fear, of course, um, price. And, and I think, um, having that product that can hold, you know, helps kind of alleviate that fear. Uh, is there anything? Oh, go ahead. Sam. It's-
1: I was just going to say, and Steven, you, um, for people who may be um, more beginners, um, you're getting your albums from uh, labs that work specifically f- with professional photographers, or where do, are you sourcing your, lab- I'm, I'm just getting to the point that, like, you're getting, you're giving them uh, a quality product, like, you wouldn't want to go to, like, Costco and, like, get an album <laughs> and, made. And, and you know what, and I
2: make it very clear to them, I I, I give them the option, I'm like, listen, I'm, I can, you can get the soft copies and you can print them yourself but if you let me print it for you and we add a the album as a product that you can purchase i'm using professional labs i'm not going to costco and target or walgreens i mean if that's the case then you know (laughs) i might as well let you have you know go print yourself but there is a difference. There is a right. difference. And and risk.
1: Absolutely. And I don't think anyone should be doing that. And I know that some beginners do try and do that to cut costs and get a better profit. But let me tell you that we'll come back and bite you in two years or a year when that thing falls apart. That's true. Um, and why not yeah. show
0: them something um, that they've probably never seen before? Because I know that I've spoken about these books that, you know, you can get from uh, more quality shops and a lot of people who aren't into photography don't understand what, I, what I'm talking about until I put the book in their hand, you know, because a lot of people, since we don't print as many photos today as we used to, I think uh, the memories that people have of what a photo book is are like maybe those books that I know I grew up with, you know, in the 80s and, and 90s where these are sticky cellophane. You know that you peel back and, yes, yes, <laughs> and yes. place the individual mm-hmm. I remember, I remember photos this. in, <laughs> and that's what they're thinking of. You know, and and I tell them like, no, this is this is as if you were to go into a bookstore and pull the book off the shelf, and it has your own images in there. You know, that's when they touch that and and they see the quality of the cover and that they can even customize it. Um, it's 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 a really good thing, and I personally like using. Um, the full flat pages that allow um, a photo to continue from one side of the book all the way to the second page, so to the other side. So yeah,
1: I believe that's uh, a, a lay flat, flat. right? Yeah, yeah, lay flat, lay, lay flat. flat. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's that's that's, that's yeah. my favorite um, layout. I, I like that particular. It's just it makes it it's just appealing to the eye. You know, it, it wows the eye. So I like I like using. I don't like that other one where it, it kind of folds in and it's it's hard to, you know, you have to look to the side of the photo to really see the other, you know, the edge of it. Um, oh, there was something else I was also going to say. Um, I forgot. Anyway, I, let's, let, let's go on. It, it will probably come to mind.
0: Okay, that's fine. Are there, uh, I know we touched on the fears of price. Are there any other fears that um, brides or grooms speak about?
2: Oh, I just remembered. Okay, so so in terms of the print, too, uh, one, one thing I'm going to start doing is um, – is that I'm going to? Um, is that I'm going to? Um, another photographer was doing that they actually have prints from Target and Walmart and like the same photo, right? So they have an album of those, and then they have one. They have one from their, they have one from their lab. So, uh, and then they show it to their clients, and they can see the difference and why it's important that they allow the photographer to print from a professional photo lab. So it's something I'm going to start
1: doing. Can I play devil's advocate on that? Go ahead. So um, I am in a bunch of photography groups and I've seen a lot of uh, photographers use that technique and I would say a good handful of them have said that it backfires because what happens is is that they, some people who just don't value photography enough will look at those pictures and say, that's good enough, like, yeah, yeah that's fine. I don't see the, you know, like, sure, the other one's better, but that's good enough. And it now puts in their perspective or in in their mind that, you know what? The other one's not so bad. And so some people just don't. You know how it's like you have a photo that, the perfect example is when I edit images for my clients, uh, sometimes I'm short a few images. So I'll take some image that I think is just terrible, but I just want to add a few more pictures to the gallery or to their, to their list of images to select from. And don't you know, they will pick that image as their favorite. <laughs> so they just don't have a real perception of what's good. And I think oh when you give them the option of putting something that's mediocre in front of them, there will be a group of people who will say, you know, that's okay and not see the difference that we see because we have trained eyes. So that's just my take on it. I I don't think it's a good idea, but I know photographers that do it. So if you do it, I would, you know, that's totally up to you and how you do things with your own business. But I have seen it go awry.
2: His hey son, so, hey son. You know it. <laughs> go ahead. Thanks for Steve. messing my plan up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey listen you know this is why we have three people we have three different viewpoints you could totally disagree right. and if you do it and we it's fantastic that's great but you know no it's
2: actually a great yeah. idea I, I never thought of that it's you know somebody is really they want to they don't care they want the price they want a cheaper price they, they they're they gonna or they can play you know they could put they, they could pull some sort of psychology on you that it's okay Right, you know and they it may just bad. say
1: oh I, you know what i don't want that book after all because i will just take the prints where before there really didn't seem like there was a choice and now they say oh i can go make that for 50 bucks instead you know of what?
0: Just- <laughs> i'm sorry you know what like yeah i i don't allow um i mean maybe this sounds mean but i don't allow people to choose a, a cheaper option you know because i this is this is also my product right and i want to do a good job for them and uh, I don't believe that if I'm putting it on um, cheaper paper or going through a cheaper printing process that I am doing a good job for them. I, I can't say that in all costs. But I don't
1: think that's what Stephen was saying. He was just saying okay. to show them like mm-hmm. you know, how good the quality is. But I'm saying it could put it in their mind that they could just take the digitals and go make their own for really cheap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, yeah I'm not saying that's what Stephen was saying. I, oh, just saying but like yeah, some, I agree with you. Me, I do the same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. For same me, thing. I, don't, I don't even talk about that or those other options because they might as well not exist <laughs> you know, sorry steven I, we still love you <laughs> oh, man i got scrubbed <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: because i am i'm afraid of someone because I've, I've seen it uh you know so i think in previous episodes uh, you know we talked about our at least steven and i are other professions and my other profession is uh, you know i work in it and um a lot of people don't understand it And so, you know, I've had clients that ask me for software or databases in a certain to be done a certain way. And I have to say no to that. But it's but they're only asking it for a certain way because they don't understand the process. And it's a very much so the same thing with photography, Uh, you know, because they do not understand, you know, the difference paper. You know, I'm not even like a print snob. You know, there are people out here who have paper that they will only want to print on, you know. Um, So I'm not even to that degree, but. Um, the services I do use, there are favorite papers that i've've uh, there are papers that I've come to favor uh, and and um, finishes on those papers that I've come to favor. and I've seen it. I've used a bunch of different services. Some are a little cheaper, some are more more expensive. And I've seen what it looks like, you know when I'm holding those books in my hand, and you know just just uh, what it feels like. and I, I don't want to give that cheaper paper to anybody
2: yeah i mean i used to I, I i had experience like that. i used to have a like a three option for weddings you know with, with mm-hmm. in, in my price list and they always turn to go for the cheaper one and and then you know they expect you know the best <laughs> best quality so um i i just have you know two options you know and and they are all like you know it's it's for like high quality work it's not like they're getting something cheaper so it, it, it limits what they can pick and I and I think it's important like I, I feel bad I think it's I, I feel bad giving somebody cheap work you know I want to make sure my my work is valid they can look at it 10 years and and say wow it, it looks this our, our wedding was a really uh, memorable day and and the pictures should convey that I I don't want them to give them some cheap paper and you know or, or album so I I I I, I make sure i the what they get is, is worth what they pay for.
0: Yeah, I, and yeah, and, and I'm sure we all yeah we all want to get the best quality. So so after we've after you've spoken to um the clients or you know the bride and groom, conversations over, uh, we've left uh, wherever comfortable venue you know uh, you've chosen, Stephen. Um, what what next? What next? Do we just now sit back and wait for the day to come, <laughs> or you know what what do you typically do?
2: In wedding you'll you be doing a lot of talking it's you're gonna have a relationship going on with the bride and groom for a couple of weeks so you're gonna keep talking um making sure that the wedding is on is on time um and then also find out about the location where are they gonna have the ceremony where are they gonna have the reception if it's the same place or different place and then i like to go and scout i take time to go there i get permission i go there i scout I find out best look best best places to Do you uh, find
1: it's important to go and scout at the same time that the actual wedding will take place?
2: It's the worst time to do that. It you you would never even have the time to do that. <laughs> it's, really? It's
1: so, I just was thinking because of light so you could see how the light would would fall at that time of day there like where the sunset and things. But I guess there's apps for that.
0: Unless you yeah, have I think, I think yeah. Samantha was referring to like um same time of day but different day.
1: Ye- oh like yeah yeah before, i don't mean the day of i mean like would you if the wedding uh, was at five would you go at like between you know or in that same time frame on a different day to see how the how the environment would be
2: yeah 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 that's that's a i, I haven't done that i usually i like, go like the day before or, but
1: um no no i t- don't mean the day <laughs> i mean i
2: mean i mean you mean you mean the time the time of the wedding right
1: yeah but yeah, on a
0: different the time, day
2: like, but yeah the, like, time, like, the
0: time like imagine the wedding imagine the wedding's on a sunday and on a wednesday a, a sunday at Four o'clock, right? And so on Wednesday at four o'clock, you're you're scoping out those sites. Have you ever done that?
2: Let me see here. The last one I did, I think I may have done that. I may have done. Yeah, I went around the same time. I, I was actually actually um, it was the same time because I had to meet the bride and groom um, over at, because they they were going to m- meet with the facility. So we went around the same time, and that gave me an idea of the light and. You know where the sun is going to be at. I, I mean, I do use apps for that too, but it gives you an idea of how how everything is going to look like you know, during the wedding day. So, uh, yeah, but so it, but it's important to, to scout. Very important.
0: I'm I'm gonna say that I've never done that, and it's just because, um, like I said, my day job is tech. <laughs> so so I'm usually I'm usually at work on like you know uh, a a day that I'd be able to go scout. Um, so I'm I'm for sure going at a different time but I yeah like you like you said Stephen I I have used these apps and I forget what the apps are named now. Uh, uh one of there's...
1: them is Sunseeker is one. Right. But I think that's only for iPhone and there is one for Android and I for the life of me I cannot remember it but um if you just google it I'm sure, you know people can find them there's yeah, right. there's a, there's so many of them now.
2: The one I use is uh the latest one I use is Sansevia. It's, it's a really great one. It's one of the best ones it's, and it uses Google maps. You can, you could put, you could, you could use the position and it could tell you exactly where the sun is going to be. Uh, you know, you could you, you, you could put in the time and it will, it will tell you, so it's a sun surveyor. You can find it on the play store. It's, it's not free. You have to purchase it, but right? it's not, it's not that expensive. Um, so that's what I use. And another thing that when you're going to scout, um, it's not just finding locations for shooting outside or but also say the ceremony or the especially the reception because most receptions the lights are dim and you have the um you know so you're gonna need some sort of light to you know to light the dance floor because it's dim you know so you uh because sometimes your, your your camera can struggle to focus so i go there i have a piece of paper with me and i'm planning Okay, where am I going to put my light stands? Uh, Where am I going to position the light so I can get the best, the best light, especially, and then also make it safe so nobody will trip on it. So you you have to think of you know plan all of that uh, when you are scouting.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. Like maybe, um, and now I know again this is something I've never done, but it's something that I've seen um, spoken about before. um, That if you can get uh, um, some. If you're either um wherever wherever you're gonna wherever you're shooting the wedding or wherever you're gonna be shooting the reception, that if you can get the the lights that are going to be on like the day of, uh, to be turned on and to, to just to get a look at how things uh, might look when you're actually there on that day, maybe even take some test shots, see if there's any like sort of like weird lighting, some any weird cutter color, colors being cast. I think you know, that might work. That like
1: like 50% of the time because don't forget the DJ brings a whole set of lightings oh. into the situation oh, yeah. too.
2: That oh, will, yeah, right. that will mess your metering, and I mean, <laughs> it will mess you up. So you need, and, and, and I don't rely on the lights they have most of the time like um, Samantha was saying, 50% of the time that those lights are going to be cut off or they're going to dim it, oh, God. dim it really low. So you have to have, some people bring um, continuous light like um, uh, LED uh,
1: continuous at a wedding
2: yeah yeah they bring they bring the led lights i mean they are not wow. huge but uh the last wedding i did uh he had he had us he had a small one he had two of them they were lightweight oh,
1: are you talking about for the videograf- video- videographer video No,
2: for the for the stills it, it was really? dim in there it was dim it was dim and um wow at some point feel you feel like do- that
1: would oh. kind of i feel like that would kind of kill the, the mood of for the bride and groom versus using a fl- like flash and strobes and stuff
0: well he had you a, it you know what Go ahead. I've seen that before. I'm sorry. I, you know, I've seen. I was at a wedding. Not just, I was a guest at this wedding, but I, but I have seen that before. And you know what, Sam? It wasn't. It wasn't that bad. Um huh. They. The, what they did was they had the. They had the continuous lights, but it was really. It was really high up. So the the reception had like pretty tall ceilings, and they had it mounted on these like stands that was really tall, like above above the crowd, and it was pointed in one location. So it was pointed at a location where. Um, they would walk in you know to the reception uh, so you know like when you're announcing the bridal party and then you're announcing the the bride and groom where they're walking walking into the reception site, that's the only place that they had the lights pointed. So as they walked in then it it guaranteed that every shot that they took you know came out good so I had my camera with me that day <laughs> I, I'm not the, I'm not the guest I guess in the way the photographer trust me I, I don't do that but. But I had my camera with me, and I was sitting down. I didn't do this getting up, but I just pointed my my camera in that direction at some of the guests that were walking in, and it works out really well. I mean, the shot that I took came out really good, so I imagine it worked really well for the photographers, and it did not uh, take away from the atmosphere since it was pointed. Oh, that's mostly. really
1: interesting. I've never heard of that before.
0: Yeah, it was my first time seeing that too, and I thought, oh, that's maybe that's a good idea. But it didn't take away from the atmosphere at all. I mean, like the rest of the room was still like you know mostly dimly lit, and I think um, as soon as the uh the processions coming in was done and as soon as the um those that were up there speaking that was done then they took the lights down turned them off
2: yeah and and not every not it's not there are some of them that don't let the images come out well so you have to do some research Uh, the one that um i second shot for somebody two weeks ago and the one he used i didn't have my flash on and it was it, you. It, it didn't really kill the mood. It, it, you couldn't tell that he had LEDs, continuous LEDs on. Now these were really good. I mean, they don't. They, they were daylight, so and, and they don't affect. They don't affect the mood that much. And and they had like Sean was saying, they had a position uh, like where the bride and groom would enter from, and especially on the dance floor. Usually I put it on the dance floor, and but not too close to it. A little further away, so that way you know it doesn't. The strobe doesn't dominate the the ambient light. So um, that's what I so but, but normally I, I like to do like a, a triangle. Okay. So I have two, two speed lights and then I am the I'm the third light. I have one on my camera. And and that way and I keep them around the same, the same power. Um, and you can you can use it to do some creative stuff, especially when they're dancing. Sometimes when they're dancing, I'm just timing the bride and groom. And when they get behind one of those lights i um i fire and then it kind of the, 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 it looks like they are backlit and it creates this nice glow behind them and so there, there are many many things you can do with it but at some point during the reception is when the lights are dim you go you're gonna need some sort of light because notice the camera is going to struggle you have to increase your iso or you know open up your aperture and sometimes uh, things might be out of focus or you have shallow depth of field and you have to worry about all of that so sometimes you just have to bring that the some some light to help you
0: okay um I, and, and i think that and i think with those those lights as, as well i mean i just want to like talk about the led lights i think you said kind of made a good point that it's I, I think it was only bright enough just to kind of kick away the darkness just a little bit you know i mean and, and, and i know it's like what's putting away that it wasn't distracting but but i want to ask about like those strobes uh steve that you were talking about like set up in a triangle um do you keep them all just firing at the same time or do you are you turning off um some of them uh, at certain times yeah
2: sometimes um i may turn off because i have a remote so i can turn off uh one of them it, it all depends on um where I am gonna be, uh, especially when they're dancing and they're moving around the floor. Uh, I like one of my techniques I like to use is to get that glow effect, you know, with the, the back So sometimes I may turn off the other one on the opposite side, turn it off, and then that way they are, their back is lit. And then I my flash, the flash on my camera, uh, gives out just enough power to kind of light their faces, you know, or the foreground so sometimes i do end up turning um uh, them on and off it, it all it all depends on on what's going on in the you know, on the on the dance floor yeah it all depends okay
0: so you know we're i know we like sort of like we jumped to the reception and um i i think uh we're you know you're talking about flashes here and and shining leds or or setting up tr- uh flashes in a triangle Uh, I think it's kind of like a a good place to talk about some of this gear that that you're bringing. I mean, uh, let's talk about what gear you bring on that day. And then um, maybe if someone is just starting out and looking to get into this, uh, what should at least be the minimum gear that they should expect to bring with them?
2: So uh, there's a lot of fleeting moments during the wedding. Uh, You want to capture them um, as soon as possible and you don't have time to switch lenses. So I always have two bodies two camera bodies on me uh, if you don't have a uh, you don't have a second body you can always rent uh, which um and now when you're going to rent our advice you please do do that like a couple of weeks in advance especially like if it is a, a gear that you're not familiar with you don't want to go to a wedding and shoot with a gear that you you don't know how how it really works that's just disaster coming towards you in a lawsuit so um just rent rent one in advance get familiar with it and then and then i also bring dual cards i want to make sure all my cameras have dual cards i don't take that i don't like to take the risk of having a card with uh, a camera with a single card because um sd cards or memory cards can go bad Um uh, i sean you shot with me you shot a wedding with me about a year and a half ago in yeah. Uh, virginia yeah and i had it on i had a uh during the wedding one of the memory card actually uh went bad uh oh, but wow. fort- yeah but fortunately um i had dual dual card so while it was i was shooting the photo it was writing this it was doing a backup you know you could set your camera to put a second copy on this on the on the second uh memory card and so that we have a copy so one of them did go bad i had a, a spare one with me and i put it in but it happens um i've had memory cards i take them out and i put them back in and it doesn't work anymore so you don't want to take that chance and so it, it's also good to have two camera bodies I put one with a wide um, angle. I mean, s- semi-wide angle, not too, not ultra-wide. Ultra-wide is not good it, for portraits, um, especially you know for most portraits. So I have regular, uh, like a twenty-four to seventy on one one body, and then I have um, a telephoto, uh, to, you know, to to get that reach, and then also sometimes also to get that compressed background. So I have those on, and then that way I can switch back and forth. I don't have to stop what i'm doing and go and change lens and by the time you change your lens and they may have cut the cake and you missed that <laughs> so i have two camera bodies with me um i also have i also bring my 85 uh, if you're shooting with the APS-C, most of the time the equivalent is like a 56 millimeter um i, I know especially in the fuji but so i have i i, have, I, I bring my 85 uh, which i love a lot it's it brings some of it's it gives me some of the sharp photos uh, i do have my modifiers i bring my mag bounce and my mag bounce at some point i put them on the when i put those uh, i set up those three the triangle lights sometimes i put some of the mag bounce on on the speed lights to give because especially if they have like dark dark ceilings you, you couldn't need that mag bounce uh, or some or it could be the uh what, what's what's the one that you use samantha um it's the
0: um the road bender
1: the flash flashbender. Flash bender. Flash yes, flashbender. But I don't use the giant one. This is the one. One scenario when you're looking at purchasing this, you might think that like the larger is better, but um, the small you have a lot more control over it, and the large one is it almost is um, it almost gets in the way. And I've had people say it like doesn't hold its shape because it's just so big. But the small one is perfect. So flashbender is the one I use.
2: Good. and and the other thing to also bring is i bring light stands of course um i have uh, i bring a hard drive with me um to back up the photos i know i do i'm very uh, paranoid so i know i have i have the camera is backing up on the second sd card but during the reception sometimes i'll take a break and i bought this um it's it's made by western digital it's a western digital wireless pro it has an sd card um uh, reader built in so during the wedding i i take uh when i have a break i take the sd cards and i put it in and it's and you can charge it it's a, it's a it has a it runs on battery so you can charge the hard drive and i could pl- i could put my sd card in it and then it will start it will copy every all the data from it to the hard drive and then i take it back put it in the camera and i resume because i don't want to take any risk
0: <laughs> and steven tell us also why that's a good idea to have something like that when you have a second shooter <laughs> uh <laughs>
2: well i mean because sometimes i, I know, know i, I know I, the last time we did that <laughs> right it, the, the hardest one, one of the challenges you're gonna have with the second shoot is how can you get the photos from them. so it's important to bring it if, if you don't have the hard drive you can bring a laptop and make sure you get the the their memory card so you copy the images especially after the wedding Copy it to your hard drive.
1: The other thing you can do, too, is just give them your memory, give them memory cards so that you just collect them when you're done.
2: Yes. Yes. I've seen some do that's that. True that's too. a good idea.
1: Because that's a lot easier, too, that if you're still if you're kind of newer and you don't want to bring, you know, a laptop or and if you don't have the reader, the other inexpensive option is to um, to just give them your cards and then have them return them to you. And if you're so- really worried, you can go buy new ones, you know if so
0: you're like worried about using old ones it's not as cool man you know i mean it's, it's, it's awesome when you bring out that hard drive and you know pop them i've seen before. those those things
1: are pretty cool i've second shot before and a lot of the photographers that i second shot for use that um that same little hard drive so but if you don't have it like i um you know using your cards is another way that way you don't have to worry about mailing cards or going to pick up stuff
0: Right. No, that's a good point. And, you know, I even I, I did ask, you know, uh, what would someone who's doing this for the first time, you know, maybe they're not as experienced, maybe they haven't, they don't have as much money to spend, you know, on their first day. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. You know, if they are getting um, that help, or even if they they themselves are going to be a second shooter, you know, yeah, they should expect, you know, to probably get a memory card, it shouldn't be surprised, let's say, if they're getting a memory card um, from the, the, the main photographer. Uh, that they're going to hand back to them at the end of the day
2: and and something to keep in mind when you're second shooting for somebody uh, another thing to remember is the photos are not yours (laughs) they're actually for the person you're second shooting for so uh, unless you have an agreement with the person that it's okay to use some of the images it's important that you you know you have that clearance with the main photographer uh, because it's his wedding, he's just using it as a second shooter.
1: Yes, the other thing too is if you're a second shooter and you have your own photography business, if someone asks you for a card, you should have the, the main photographer's business cards and hand those out because technically you're, like you said, you're an employee for that photographer that night and you have nothing to do with your own business when you're there for them.
0: Very true. And, you know, so having experience with that second shooting for Steven, You know, like uh, when people have asked me, you know, they they said like, wow, you know, like you seem to be doing like a really good job. Can I get your information? I was like, yeah, you know, I'm with Captured by Steven. <laughs> you know, so you're right. Everything, yeah, I, yep, everything exactly. is about the main photographer, isn't just nothing about you.
2: Yeah, thanks for making me look like a boss, uh, Sean.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no problem. <laughs> and one thing to also bring in mind are batteries. Okay, batteries. Please bring, especially nowadays where you have a lot of mirrorless. And mirrorless, they're good, but they yeah, one of their weakest points is batteries. So you want to make sure you have enough batteries on you uh, and bring a, a charger, you know. So while the wedding is going on, you can charge those extra batteries and then you can quickly switch. And then have a game plan with your second shooter. You, know, you can split up the room. He can take one half. You take the other half. He can maybe while you are doing the ceremony, he can go to the reception and start taking detail shots. So you need to have that, that game plan in place.
0: Yeah, very true, and you know it's good. It's good to have that um, that plan in place because then now everyone knows where they're going. They know what they're doing. Uh, no one's running around unaware. So yeah, very true. Um,
2: and, and Sean, yeah, if ahead. I may add one more gear that I use a lot, I don't I don't leave it. It's the um, the ESPO disc. I don't know if you guys have heard about it. It's, it's it helps to white balance your um you know I, you know make sure your 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 colors are accurate uh, for the white balance. So I bring that along with this little disc you put in front of your, your lens. And once you have the exposure right, you just take a picture, and it gives you like an eighteen percent gray. And then you, you use that as your custom white balance, and you get great, great colors. Because I like to do it right the first time, so that way I don't spend too much time post processing and adjusting for the color. So it's an Expo disc. It's like fifty bucks on Amazon.
0: Yeah, actually, I use
1: I use that Expo disc too on my portrait shoots.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say like I, love I them, don't yeah. use that, <laughs> but um the first time I did see it was uh, Stephen when you were using it, and yeah, they're uh, great. Yeah, and I thought to myself, so Samantha, you know, I'll tell you, I when I saw Stephen using it, I just thought, man, look at this guy. You know, he has all these toys. You know, I don't, I don't need to use. That. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's um, it. I did. I saw. I saw how um well am um, balanced. You know, when the colors were um after afterwards. Stephen, the only
1: the only place it doesn't work that. Great is if you're in natural light situations and it's uh foggy and there the sun isn't really coming from any particular direction then it has trouble uh giving you a correct reading but for the most part um it does a pretty good job.
0: So we talked about uh, talking to the clients and then um I think I want to go back to the ceremony a little bit um I, we there's some things that you probably should not do right uh so so let's let's go back to the to the ceremony what things should we. I'm um, in mind, you know, when we're there.
2: Um, well, one thing one thing you want to avoid um, doing is, uh, I think Sam touched on one of them is, pro, you know, promoting your business excessively. Uh, you you dare to capture important moments. It's not the time to hand out too many um, business cards and and you know, because you know you'll be surprised. The the bride and groom, they, they'll be if they are not watching you, they have somebody, they have a key man or a key woman. Sam watching you you. so um so you you want to make sure you're doing your job well um um, the other thing also to avoid one mistake you want to avoid is trying out new gear uh, during um the wedding day it's it's a big big no-no please please do not do that um uh, I have, unless you, sec- you can get away with it sometimes if you are second shooting, because if you are second shooting, you don't have too much pressure on you. I did that recently. Uh, I had to use the, my Sony a seven three, uh, at a wedding in Texas. And I mean, I had played with it before, but I was able to use it and I had no issues. And even if I, you know, I had, I had some shots that I missed because I had my settings incorrect. I I didn't have that pressure, but please, if you are the main wedding photographer please do not use um new gear if if you are not familiar with it
0: okay and you know Um, something that i was thinking about and uh, and i think you know yeah what you said you know so far is like you know really good advice um but something else i was also thinking about that doesn't have anything to do with gear it's just about shooting during the ceremony i and i think that this may come to to be like you know what you're personally comfortable with of course you have to capture the images of the day I just feel like when the ceremony is actually happening there's only so many different looks you're gonna get right because um, the bride and groom they they're just standing there you know the the traditional ceremony is happening I, I feel like shooting excessively during that some of those like really quieter moments I mean
1: yes and it's annoying because all the clicking
0: yes yes and I was even going to say even if you have like a a a new mirrorless camera that can do it silently. I think even just trying to avoid like walking excessively around, you know, while that's happening, because that could also be like a distraction, like, you know, for people that are sitting in the audience, Uh, you know, I think it's really a good time. Like you want to get the shots, but I think that's really a good time to just take a few shots, capture the moment and hand back a little bit and, you know, and just let it happen. You know,
2: Sean, Mm -hmm. that is a great point. I've made a mistake like that. Mm-hmm. And it's something you want to consider because you know some places they don't want, you know. Sometimes you know there are I know there are places of worship that they they don't want the out. They want you know they just don't want to hear it. So you want to put it in silent mode, and then also you want to sh- you know be respectful of the ceremony. Uh, you don't want to be in standing you know covering you know standing in front of uh, the groom's mother or father when they're trying to watch. <laughs> You know enjoy the moment so you have to be respectful and I did that mistake one time I remember I got so excited and I went behind you may have seen me I actually went behind the, I the see. stage and do you remember that? no I didn't I went I didn't behind the, the stage that. oh okay what well, did that's you good know then. you
1: went behind the what
2: I went behind the speaker right oh. the, the speaker giving I mean I went behind him and I was and later I looked back and I said what was I doing <laughs> I mean I look I look so foolish <laughs> but you you please don't do that it just distracts and it it just you want to be respectful and yeah let people enjoy the moment and especially when somebody's also doing videography um or video you want to you don't want to be in their way you want to make sure you can coordinate with them and and so uh, that's why it's important you work with your second shooter Mm -hmm. Uh, you know break the room into two or segments and and stand as strategic locations and then capture from you know different angles yeah um, you know use use the images
0: and, and while you're not able to move around so much i think it's a good I, I think it's a good time that's a great time just uh those some of those few shots that you are going to get at a time it's easy to get the shots of those sitting you know in the first second and third rows who are probably like friends and family real close to the bride and groom that you can capture their reactions to that ceremony and that'd be like something really nice to share um, but you also brought a brought up a good point. If you have a, a videographer there, yeah, you don't want to get in his way, and that that goes uh, back uh, to a very important point of if there are other vendors that's also working the wedding, that you know to get a good sense of um, who they are, that you communicate with them, you talk to them, you know, maybe even find out you know some of their plans, you know, what are they going to be doing when? So you know, you all they
1: respect that so so much. Exactly. I have a lot of videographer friends, and they complain all the time that. You know, and I hate to say this as a photographer, but I do actually know this is true because I have photographer friends who feel this way. But uh, that, you know, for some bizarre reason, sometimes for the photographers, uh, you know, feel like they're the priority and they get really angry when the videographer gets in their way. But the reality is, is that. Everyone is there for the bride and the groom. And this happens, this goes both ways. There are videographers who feel that, you know, they're more important than the photographer and and nobody is because it's about the bride and the groom. And if you guys can't get along and and introduce yourselves early and work together, you know, it can get to be a very uncomfortable situation um, going forward. And then, you know, the more weddings you do or more events you do, if you're not a wedding photographer, you know, the chances are you're going to see these people again So you don't want to burn bridges, especially because these people can be referral sources for you as well.
0: Very true. Very true. Like I I remember a DJ um, that, you know, we were talking, you know, while he was setting up and, you know, uh, I was there at the reception getting those detail shots and uh, you know, it, by the, and it, before the conversation was over, before the day was over, you know, he his opinion of me was like, wow, you know, I really like working with you. You know, like you, you seem to be a great guy. You know, if I know of any weddings that are coming up, I'm definitely going to suggest that they use you as yeah. a photographer. Yeah, you
1: just don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And go ahead, Steve.
2: And another thing you don't want to do, try to do a wedding by yourself. It's, um, it's like David trying to take Goliath down. Um, it's a big wedding. Is, it's no small. No, it's no small job. It's, he is it's not kidding.
1: It is tough. My first <laughs> the tough. first wedding that I did, uh, that was a really big wedding. I knew and I had done some second shooting and I probably could have pulled it off. However, I still felt like it was such a important date for somebody that I didn't want to screw it up. So as a first shooter, I was the first shooter. I hired a second shooter who was actually a very experienced wedding photographer. So I hired someone way more experienced than me as my second, and it came in handy because uh, everything got delayed, and I wasn't really familiar with using flash yet, and... We ended up having to do the family shots outside and it was nearly dark. And if he hadn't been there and had, you know, some backup gear in his car, because I wasn't prepared for this, you know, he helped me and he basically took over and nailed these shots and they loved them. He had all these amazing ideas, things that were just so above and beyond my ability. Um, So if, you know, don't be afraid to go with someone who is uh, more experienced than you. Don't be embarrassed. Don't think that you know you're any less than you're still learning so i think if you're a beginner and you and you want to hire a second shooter i highly recommend hiring one that's above your ability
2: yes i mean they it, it, it's very unless it's a really small wedding or tiny amount of you know guests but typically you should get a second person and you'd be surprised i'm, I'm always learning when i show with sean i i always learn um a lot of things from him um just from looking at some, the way he shot his you know some of the photos and I'm like wow you always learn something new when you work with somebody so try and get a second shooter please
0: yeah that's very important it, you're right and you know it's 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 a very big day and it's very important and you know let's to your point don't be embarrassed by trying to get somebody that may be even more skilled than you because wouldn't it be even more so embarrassing if you took that job by yourself and those images just do, do not come out right You know, that's a lot more. That's a lot worse. That's a worse situation to be in um, than having somebody that that might have more skills than you. Um, But in during like the reception, right, there there are going to be like some situations that are common (laughs) uh, to weddings. And I'm just thinking about the fact that, you know, people um, get to uh, partying and sometimes, you know, excessively. Um, what is what what like things? drunk, drunk uncle, <laughs> drunk
1: uncle John who tries to like, you know, grab your butt? I mean, because that has pretty much happened to me. And, and, and what do you oh, do? Because wow. you, yes, that has absolutely happened. And what do you do? Because as a woman, I can't slap him across the face or, right. or like, you know, you're, you're working, and right. you, you know, it's like, and do you go and tell the bride and the groom, like, hey, like this guy's being inappropriate? Do you let it go? There's just so many, it's, yes, you have to deal with some crazy, Blank, blank yes.
0: at weddings
2: sometimes. Yes, indeed, indeed. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I uh, my last wedding, I had a um, well. I you know, like I'm I'm from Ghana, right, West Africa. So when we call somebody, I thought your grandma, accent was
1: Texas. It's not Texas,
2: <laughs> really. You thought you thought it was seriously? No, of course not.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice one. <wine. laughs> Was well, some was well, somebody said it was like Kentucky or something? I don't know. One day somebody said it was like Kentucky. No, of I
1: course know. I can tell you have an <laughs> African accent. Oh my goodness. Oh man. Sorry, but, I just well, threw off but, your whole train of thought no, too. Now Sorry. I
2: know. No, no, that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> uh, what do they do? But here was it. Here is a, I said. <laughs> asking?
0: What do they do? What do what happens at a at a, at a Ghanaian wedding?
2: Ghanaian wedding. Yeah. Oh man. Um. Do we have so time to go
1: into what, all that happens at a at that kind of? Oh,
2: uh, Ghanaian wedding is by the time you finish you the wedding, so you had a workout? Okay, <laughs> seriously, serious workout. It's yeah. a lot of energy and dancing.
1: And- Stephen showed me some pictures or maybe even a video of some of the dancing that goes on there, and it just looks like a whole bunch of fun
2: yeah it's fun a lot of fun you 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 i mean you will get worked out it's like you've gone to a zumba class (laughs) you will get worked out i
1: mean that's what it looked like to me it looked like a zumba class
2: (laughs) yeah yeah it's a lot of dancing and they just don't you know they don't get tired and they i mean you you're dj you better you better be up to your a game otherwise
0: um i mean you're gonna regret (laughs) can i go ahead sam you said you want to say something
1: Oh no no! I thought Stephen was down. Uh-huh. That's what, if you haven't noticed, it's a very bad habit of mine. That's <laughs> okay.
0: Oh no no no! I <laughs> so, so I do, so, I do so, the same as well. Um, but what, what what I wanted if if I'm just gonna cut in here and say like um uh yeah you know Sam you talked about the drunk uncle you know sometimes there's the uh, the family boss and you know I think with these situations you know you you always have to keep your professional um personality on. You know, I mean, like, you know, maybe there are different ways that you would handle it when you're off the job. But, you know, on the job. Yeah, it's important to, like, you know, try and be as professional as you can. You know, maybe you maybe you deal with the situation a little bit, you know, um, easier than you would if you weren't there working, because, you know, that is a family member. And a lot of times, you know, if it comes down to an argument situation, which you don't want it to, um, you're not going to come out looking good in the end. Um, and and I know that there have been times, you know, where I've faced the the family boss or the the ornery family member who's had too much. And, yeah, you just kind of like you, you brush it off. You get out of this situation. You find a way to get away from the person so you can, just can continue to do your job in peace.
2: Yeah. you, you And I, you know, I always keep this in mind, you know, this this important um, wise saying, you know, an, an answer went mild, tense away rage. So. You have to expect, you're going to be bossed around. People will boss you that day. And that's, if you're not humble, you don't put on that professional cap, you you will lose it. And I've had people scream at me and somebody misunderstood me. And they, it was about, we were going to do a photo shoot outside. It was the the bride's family. And she got upset because I used one word and it, everybody was okay with that word. Uh But she didn't like it she got on me but i kept my cool and and i said okay i apologize i said let's 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 move on and everything you know it diffused everything so you have to be ready for that
0: okay well i hope that uh, everyone listening has uh gotten a whole lot of information of this podcast on weddings and please 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 do not try and shoot your first wedding by yourself without first getting any exposure um, anything else that you guys want to add before we close?
1: Um, maybe the only thing I think that I wanted to mention was, um, you know, it's, don't forget to bring snacks. Um, I, I, I know that sounds really silly, but for me as someone who has like low blood, blood sugar and things, when you're shooting a wedding, that takes, you know, you're there eight, 10 hours. Uh, there's no guarantee that you will get that meal that they prepare for you. Even if they, if they even remember to do that um so have some energy bars or something in your gear so that you can reach for for that and i would say unless um they've given you the okay ahead of time you know don't go around and start helping yourself to the, the food there because also that looks very unprofessional unless they have said like help yourself and even then personally me i always tell them that i i don't eat the food while I'm working. Because for me, it, that still feels unprofessional to me. But it really depends on the on the group. If I have a really good, you know, um, vibe with them, maybe sometimes I will. But um, I would just say bring snacks. I can't tell you how many times, I'm you know, I always reach for my snacks because, you know, getting a chance to eat. Maybe they give you your food when they're doing the first dance of the cake and then you just never have a chance to go eat it.
0: That's true. Yeah, hey, that's a good point. And
2: also... Don't just get up and go sit in any place. make sure you have permission because some of the seats are assigned, uh, so always make sure you have permission um f- to sit somewhere or or find out you know get a, a chair or somewhere where you know you sit in the back
1: but make sure you have you, you wanna... have a view of still what's happening because I know exactly. you know sometimes they'll try and stick you in a room and you have no you won't be able to see or hear what's happening. you could miss a big moment
0: mm-hmm. Yes yeah, and also
2: safety safety is key. be careful with your gear, especially those flash. I've hit some people with my flash, <laughs> and it wasn't good, <laughs> so please just you know just be careful, and especially when you're using those light stands so you wanna make sure nobody trips on it otherwise it's it's a lawsuit do you do, you, do
1: you put uh um sandbags on them
2: uh, s- uh sometimes I have sandbags with me um I find it cumbersome, so I try to put them really far away but I, sometimes I use my camera bag, which
0: is oh, quite okay. heavy,
2: so yeah. I use that to support. Yeah, so it doesn't it doesn't fall. Uh, so so that's why I like to put modifiers because then I can get a big throw of light, so I can put them really far away. Got it. And the last thing is, uh, which we all we agree is, please have them sign a contract. Please do that. Um, if you don't do that, you just you know everything has to be written out. It's there's so much that goes on. Even after the wedding is over, you'll be doing a lot of going back and forth. So it's important that um, you have contract and it spells out what, what what they should expect, especially after the wedding is over. They're going to hunt you down. Where are my photos? Make sure all of that is spelled out in the, in the contract and that way uh, everybody has a good understanding of what to expect.
0: Okay. I think that was good advice. Uh, no handshakes only and don't steal food. So very good. Um, <laughs> you know me. I'm always thinking about my stomach, so... <laughs> Sam has to eat all the
2: time
1: (laughs)
0: that's right that's right no food is good food is good to have Um, but for everyone listening uh, thank you again for joining us uh, at the Shut Account podcast Uh, this was episode 8 hopefully you enjoyed our discussion on weddings what to do what not to do Uh, please please come back for episode 9 we have more in store so before we go uh, Samantha then Steve please tell us where can they find you
1: um, so you can find me at uh, on Instagram again at CT underscore photographer. Facebook is Samantha Annette Photography and my website is SamanthaAnnette.com.
2: For me, on Instagram is CapturedBySteven underscore photography. Same thing on, uh, on Facebook is CapturedBySteven uh, Photography and then uh, my website CapturedBySteven.com.
0: And then uh, I can be found at team hall photo on instagram and the website is www.teamhallphoto.com talk to you guys soon